Hi Rashi, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for being on Brands, Brews and Banter. So we'll obviously talk about brands. Uh, I think it's a little too early in the day for brews, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of banter. Yeah, uh, thanks so, for having me. Uh, so thanks for doing this. So Rashi, I'm sure folks know and uh, even before clicking on the episode, uh, people have stalked you on LinkedIn and they've seen what you've uh, kind of uh, done throughout your career. So I won't go through a long introduction, but, uh, but, but when I was finding my feet in marketing is when you were already CMO. So that, I think that says a lot. And uh, so you've been, uh, you've been leading the marketing function for a while so that's what uh, people tuning in would uh, really get a lot of value on uh, so i would just would just want to start up hot and just talk about since you have experience in kind of building a lot of uh, what what was uh, what i believe 10 20 years ago was the traditional route of building a marketing career right and and you you go for the best fmcg that you can find you go for diverse brands, work with the best agencies, work with the best brands and, and kind of go on from there and there. And then I think that's a large part of your trajectory. But I do see a lot of non-traditional uh, things that you've done in your career and, and the most recent one kind of moving from there to consumer tech. So I just want to get how you're thinking and how the worlds are different. And for somebody who's just starting out, uh, is there more than one way of kind of reaching uh, where one wants to reach? I think uh, I think I just got lucky. And <laughs> if I if I... If you had asked me 25 years ago, what's your ambition? What's your aspiration? I, I wouldn't have known anything. I I just remember uh, my earliest memories when I used to play with dolls. I used to always imagine myself as a single working woman <laughs> with a baby. Why single? <laughs> I have no idea why. But, it, <laughs> but I, I never ever imagined not mm. being a working woman is the mm. point. Mm. And... And so, therefore, it was really no question that I will have a job. Mm-hmm. The first job really happened. It was an it was happenstance because I fell in love with L'Oreal. So I realized mm-hmm. that whatever decisions that have happened early on in my career mm-hmm. have probably been the hand of God, if somebody believes in God. But there mm-hmm. was some unconscious energy that was guiding me to the L'Oreal job, and I've written it, written mm-hmm. about it in my Butterfly Effect article. Hmm. Uh, I took the job and I realized I was so underprepared for it because I was, there is a big difference in just doing the job Hmm. and having a larger perspective, being curious and Hmm. making a difference. So all I was doing when I was a brand manager and Hmm. when you're in sales, you don't have time to think. All you've got to do is sell and meet the target. But, you know, I was so naive. I didn't know how many distributors we had. I didn't know the turnover of the company. I could not say how much we had grown that week. I I was completely with blinkers on, lack of perspective. And a friend of mine actually quizzed me and he said, if you want to be a career woman, you've got to be curious. And then when we become curious, we develop a larger perspective. When we develop a larger perspective, we start connecting the dots. And then when we start seeing how the job we are doing, ever so little it is, it's actually adding up to the bigger picture. Mm. that's what keeps us going at least that's what kept me going for the first 10 12 years but, and, but uh, yeah sorry so uh, please go ahead regardless of industry mm. right so i think we spend too much time trying to engineer our careers trying to be opportunistic trying to say if i do this what will i gain if i do that what will i lose mm. my best uh, recollection from my life and advice is just do what comes your way, curiously with perspective, connecting the dots and getting bigger and larger and growing in every role, the better roles will keep coming for you. It's only after 10, 15 years when careers plateau Hmm. that you have to start engineering your career a little bit, Hmm. right? And engineering the career a little bit probably then starts stemming from what am I good at? Hmm, Where do I add unique value that no one else does, right? Hmm. And and Kevin Kelly says, and this is, I think, my absolute favorite quote for Hmm. life and brands is, don't be the best, be the only. So at 12 to 15 years, you start thinking, what am I the only person Hmm. uh, who who can give this? And then, you know, the real chiseling of the career starts. Until then, you're just paying your dues and you're learning. Wow, that's that's amazing advice, right? I think Roy, right off the bat, uh, be a market size of one, 
and then kind of then 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 let other things work for you so that's that's very very interesting but i want to double click on the first thing that he said uh, your tenure at l'oreal and if you've written about it that that you were the first diverse frontline sales exec tell me the most frustrating experience and a few things which you now feel came what was what was i even doing so tell me about some of that uh, naivet that you're talking about so uh, <laughs> <laughs> i um, i really think that the best training is on the job because you can't be taught sales and you know there are so many things which we are taught by parents in school says you need to be honest you need mm-hmm. to show courage and uh, sell, for selling you need to first build a relationship Hmm. it's good to hear and in college they used to tell us you got to internalize what you learn you got to internalize and i used to think what does this internalizing mean hmm. and in sales i i learned that oh this is what building a relationship means and i don't know jack shit about it hmm. <laughs> right because fmcg sales is designed to push product yeah. far beyond optics so if a guy can sell 12 creams in a week you make sure he buys 36 <laughs> right and you buy yourself a drink if he buys 48 so it's yeah. really pushing stock in uh, and to push stock in it goes against all economic knowledge economic principles of the retailer yeah because he gets his roi every week and ironically the frontline retailer does not calculate his roi every week we as mbas think he does mm-hmm. right so therefore it's it's actually quite easy in a country like ours where offline sales is not as systematized as a modern trade is or as you know a, a walmart will be or a costco will be mm-hmm. so but i just as a woman as a 23 year old woman who spoke mainly english speaking to 60 year old retailer retailers who spoke mainly hindi with geography though south delhi south delhi okay. it was a it was a soft landing see if people if people say that people sitting in darbanga district and then uh-huh. like being so up you were in a better position what's up yeah, it was many. a very soft landing but even there it was so difficult for me that's the point right give me one experience of some retailer who said ke ke the madam or mal nahi chahiye matlab give me that kind of an instance i'm sure there would have been many every retailer said that <laughs> and uh, and and actually the the biggest response i used to get was people used to say oh ho bechari bade she must have fallen onto very bad times ki wo ye kaam kar rahi hai because so i got a lot of sympathy that you know maybe she is an orphan yeah. maybe she needs to do this to earn a living and so i used to get a very bechari kind of <laughs> be very honest i'm sure you played into this to get your to get your i was not smart enough to play into it <laughs> opportunity lost <laughs> opportunity lost and you know in l'oreal when you do sales you have to go you have to dust the shelf yourself yeah. so there is no separate merchandiser hmm. you have to dust the shelf you have to dust the products because they are premium hmm. count them and then get the order placed so we were trained to do things like that and uh, and just the act of doing that so culturally in india jo dusting karta hai wo to servant hai true और ये तो अकेली लड़की है शी इज द फर्स्ट सेल्स गर्ल वी एवर सीन तो शी मस्ट हैव रियली फॉलन ऑन टू पार्ट टाइम सो आई थिंक आई गॉट अ लॉट ऑफ सिंपथी ऑर्डर्स आई डेंट हैव टू प्ले अप टू इट पीपल देम सेल्स थिंक चलो इसकी इसकी नौकरी बचा लेते हैं इसे ऑर्डर दे लेते हैं एंड वॉट वर्क अगेंस्ट मी वॉज नॉट रियलाइजिंग द इकोनॉमिक्स सो अ रिटेलर विल मैक्सिमाइज दैट ऑर्डर सो इफ ही इज प्लेसिंग एन ऑर्डर फॉर फाइव हंड्रेड रुपीज ही विल ट्राई एंड गेट टू प्रोडक्ट्स फ्री that's let's say a 33% margin for him he mm. said right um and and for the first 3 or 4 months i never gave schemes because i was this naive marketer who used to mm. think are if i give scheme i will cheapen my brand mm. but i realized much later that giving schemes is part of the flywheel you have to give the schemes and then the sale used to go, started happening so mm. the other thing i learned was there are three kinds of retailers and my my manager taught me that the first one is money only money so mm. you only work with a scheme there the second one is image so he wants to be the best retailer in that market mm. so you promise him a big window you tell him that aapki uh, front change kara denge aapka name plate lagwa denge so mm. he wants that image you have to massage mm. his ego and and uh, I, i think i forget the third one i think the third one was the innovative one 
so you you always brought him the new innovative best idea first so right. but most of them fall in the first bracket i think so hmm. i think so i think that's really good advice uh, the first thing is if if you're in an fmcg and then of course most of folks will not be lucky to land up in south delhi but uh, so the big i, th- I think the big growth hack there is bichara ban ke rehna so i think that's what a lot of folks uh, should but i'm sure uh, by the end you you came out all guns blazing uh, uh, considering that uh, eventually and loreal also had that journey at that point in time right uh, and i think playing hair colors and shampoos very tough categories considering not a traditional part of the indian regiment so i'm sure it would have been not very easy as as you're sounding it to be uh, but i have a i have a book to pick with you i think uh, the second after that you moved on to and and that's i think uh, that's been an earworm for many many people across many many years you were a part of the team that put out kya aap close up karte hain yes and i can still hear that annoying voice in my ear while i'm saying it so so uh, so first of all props to that uh, and uh, and tell us about the journey because uh, i understand that close up was going through many years of decline and then suddenly the fortunes of the brand turned uh, what was it uh, in that campaign and bunch of other initiatives that were taken that kind of led to this day and night uh, thing and i'm i'm sure when this campaign was being planned uh, there's a lot of resistance you would have felt internally considering where the brand was before that so just tell me through take me through some stories of that time actually getting the campaign out was easy and i cannot take credit for it at all i was just part of the team that was working on it and my managers played a big role but let me tell you the story hmm. so close up was a very interesting story where hmm. the brand was started as you know in 1975 giving fresh breath white teeth hmm. for couples to get up close so up close up confidence yeah over time it it became known as literally the brand with no teeth because colgate became stronger on strong teeth pepsodent entered with a germy check promise so consumers started thinking are isme to kuch dam hi nahi hai this only mm. gives me fresh breath white teeth mm. and culturally you know this was in 2003 2002 2003 you know young boys and girls did not of course they got close but intimacy was not aspirational as much right i can get close to a girl in 2002 you know um it's 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 becoming more permissive so it's not aspirational to me um so we needed to really look at the brand from scratch and what happens when a brand declines there are two things happen in the brain of a marketer and a business hmm. one we start wanting to copy competition Absolutely. he's giving jump check let me also get jump check so the left brain really gets into action because it's fight or flight and i will win when i copy Can't agree. and therefore we want to throw away everything the brand stands for yeah. and the second thing we start doing is we start questioning every decision are ye bhi galat hai wo bhi galat hai so i what i did was i said that the so it was my job as the brand manager to come up with answers all the managers were asking the questions Hmm. So I what I did was I spoke to my R&D department and I got them to make 10 16 different kinds of toothpastes. My hypothesis was is gel format coming in the way of our growth? Is gel a weaker looking paste versus a solid white toothpaste that Colgate has? Hmm. So they made me different color gels, white, whatever the technology of toothpaste is. All I did for 3 weeks Hmm. was i went and met consumers in all our strong and weak markets myself unilever had this amazing way uh, methodology where you could go yourself and meet consumers hmm. all i did was take a blank sheet of paper put a toothpaste on it no brand and say what do you think this is hmm. is this strong is this fresh is this white is this used by a family is this used by a consumer i really went down to first principles so first i ascertained what does each product m- seem like to the consumer without giving them any brief on which brand it is then i started asking them what is close up for what is colgate for and so on so all this anecdotal evidence i collected and i connected it to the quantitative evidence i got i had which told us that when a brand is strong it's good in everything right so consumers in in anecdotal evidence were saying ha huh, जेल मुझे लगता है सिर्फ फ्रेश ब्रेथ वाइट टीथ देती है उसमें थोड़ी कमी है बिकॉज सफेद टूथपेस्ट मुझे स्ट्रॉन्ग टीथ देते हैं बट क्वान्टिटेटिवली 
the minute you did a branded B brand health track, close up was high on all attributes, even germ and um, strong teeth and family health and all that. So if Colgate was 90 in that, close up was 85. Very interesting. So this goes back to that new Coke and Coke idea that the mm. product stands for something, but the minute I slap a brand onto it, it becomes yeah. bigger. So Absolutely. this was proven. So I went back to my bosses and I said, listen, the brand is about fresh breath and white teeth. And the brand is complete in itself. But we still have to be singular on fresh breath, white teeth. So it's like saying if, if Elon Musk, wrong example to use, but if he has a high IQ and he's brilliant, he makes rocket ships. Oh, he must be good in five other inventions except social media, right? <laughs> Let's leave that aside. But in anything left brain, he's great. So his brand health track tracks very high on everything inventive, right? So same thing happened on close up. We went back to um, the core of fresh breath, white teeth, but we said we will contemporize it for the new youth where intimacy is not that important. Social confidence is important. Hmm. And we need to earn a seat at the table by, by giving a stronger rationale on strong teeth. So that when people look at the gel, they don't say that this product is bad, but brand is good. Hmm. So we added vitamin fluoride system to it. But to buy time for vitamin fluoride system, we needed a film. So my boss called up Prasoon in Ogilvy Hmm. and said, we are in trouble. We need six months time because we are getting our product right. Please tell us what we should do with Loza. So we fired one agency and we got Ogilvy in. And uh, Prasoon said, fine. <laughs> and I think in three weeks, two weeks, uh, Pushpinder, Pushpi was the creative. Hmm. He came back to us with this jingle. I was the brand manager. I had a marketing manager and, my, and the category uh, head, Sanjeev, marketing manager was Raja Ram. They narrated the script. And so when uh, Pushpi uh, sang the song for us, Sanjeev said, oh, I was taught by my managers. If you don't have a, if you don't have an idea, sing it. So <laughs> I don't want to buy this film. We, if, if the brand is not strong, songs are sung. Hmm. But I, you know, <clears throat> I was not a sophisticated marketeer. So I could not rationally say why this film will work. I could not justify it on a PPT. I just sat there and I said, I really like it. I really love you it. it. You felt it somewhere viscerally. I felt it. And, mm. uh, and it ticked the, then when we rationalized it, it ticked the boxes. It starts with him putting the brush into the uh, thing, you know, so the morning starts. Mm. You're ticking the boxes on romance bhi hai, red color bhi hai, optimism mm. bhi hai. So you tick the boxes after you have the feeling. We made the film and it really changed the destiny of the brand. An amazing story, and 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 to be to have ringside seats to that and that kind of a and, and, and I'm very jealous. You've had this like multiple times in your career, but um, the second one I want to talk about is is Sidi Baat No which I think is just absolutely phenomenal. But I want to twist it a little bit for you. Is that if you were to do one thing differently on that brand, right? I'm sure this and we all know the Sprite story. Enough has been said about it. What's the one thing that you regret, and if you were to do everything again, uh, you would do differently? On Sprite? On Sprite, yes. <clears throat> you know, on Sprite, uh, I I don't think if it's, I don't know if it's a regret, but I think we should have taken Sidi Baat No Bakwas and made it even bigger. I hmm. think maybe we didn't because our window was so tiny, it was just three months. Uh, I think we could have taken it to the consumer and and made it, it, it didn't sit on the tongue. It didn't become a meme. It didn't... You didn't hear boys on the street saying, Are you hai, no bakwas, no bakwas mm. You know, that didn't happen. So we didn't do enough to make it part of the culture. But I think even that is saying something because it is a part of pop culture. And it's, yeah. a, it's a part of advertising folklore for sure. But uh, uh, but yeah, if you're saying it, uh, that it could have been much more bigger, then I, I, I guess you're right. Uh, 
bunch of things i think in your career uh, but uh, i think then you move through a few other fairly large scale organizations and then uh, particularly at nestle uh, there were some very new initiatives that you kind of worked on and in kind of uh, building like what was the first 24/7 customer services center at nestle which was asked nestle.in uh, i don't want to ask you about the program because uh, um, i'm sure folks know about it i want to ask you specifically like say somebody who's in a big ship uh, like a young bubbling with energy marketer somebody who's been in the game for a while um, they often for any new kind of ideas or something which is not uh, let's just say competition blessed right something you can't com- copy the playbook of a lot of those kind of initiatives it's very difficult to just push through and and yeah. uh, a lot of enthusiasm just gets lost in uh, sometimes managing all of those expectations persevering with it for long periods of time as as some large organization tend to take on initiatives like this so 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 how did uh, So, how do you advise young people? Kind of just uh, uh, number one, push through, and then persevere with it. Yeah. So, I think uh, large organizations teach teach you this very well, and I, I have to say, I'm really good at at getting big big ideas through over time. Hmm. And I'll tell you how I learned it. So, I think it has to be strong opinions loosely held. Hmm. So, the first part is to develop your own conviction. Hmm. that this is the right thing to do the way i did on close up right yeah. so first do all the groundwork quietly finish the groundwork develop your conviction hmm. then start carrying it around and showing it to people so um, you know brand managers especially brand managers with ideas need to be people who have a treasure chest next to them all the time hmm. right little prototypes uh, or little pictures just just make it as vivid as possible and then show it to everyone whether it's formal whether it's informal meetings companies have stage gate meetings show the idea don't get defensive and just listen it will do two things people will think you're listening to them which you are hmm. and you're noting their feedback hmm. then whatever feedback you think needs to be incorporated incorporated and of course the higher the salary of the person giving the feedback you have to incorporate the feedback <laughs> argue your point but over time you will see it may take 6 months but your initial idea will morph and grow and become better and more successful mm-hmm. right because all of this feedback you're getting from the ecosystem uh is is wisdom thousand years of wisdom right yeah. but the nub of the idea you need to protect and then you you compromise on everything else or you you morph everything else uh, uh, you know like ryan holiday says the obstacle is the way and often times i've found yeah. when i embrace the obstacle i am able to come up with a better solution so ask nestle took a lot of time i think it took more than a year of collecting data collecting anecdotes developing my own conviction and it took me a lot of meetings to get uh, the ask nestle idea going but but that's how you do it cool so it starts with conviction and an obstacle being the way uh, very interesting and uh, i think uh, that's something which a lot of young folks feel that uh, it's it's very easy to just come in and just say hey it's not the right company for me my boss is not cooperative or budget nahi hai or bunch of other things right but yeah. I, i'm sure for the right idea presented at the right time with everything else i'm sure there's a lot of luck also which plays a part Uh, so there's always money for an idea. There's always there's money for opportunities. Always out there, pretty much always out there. So uh, so that really helps. Uh, I, I I want to connect back to the first question that I asked, and I think I want to spend some more time on it. Right? Uh, uh, how marketing would operate, say, in a traditional FMCG setup versus how a lot of tech marketing is kind of working. So just I want to get uh, what are the things that you're observing, and and just kind of look into the crystal ball and just tell us uh, what are things that are likely to stay the same and things that are likely to change. So I, <laughs> I think tech marketing is in danger. That's I think a, that's a statement. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's really in danger, and um, let me let me tell you why I think that. So in FMCG, the marketer runs the business. So you, so in every industry, there is one function that the business pivots on, right? So mm. in FMCG, it's marketing. Yeah. So the the product manager equivalent in fmcg is the r&d team yeah right so uh, so the the challenge for the fmcg marketer is that marketing is getting fragmented at the agency's end 
and this person is by force becoming a coordinator right do i make a film do i make reels do i do influencer activity do i get a new product out do i get the pnl right do i cut cost so there is a lot of fragmentation of marketing on the communication side and these people are struggling with the workload and they are struggling because they don't have the training of building a brand in a fragmented media world yeah so that's the challenge over there right mm-hmm. and they they need serious help but that function will stay yeah right there is no existential problems at least now there is no existential problem there is an upskilling problem and there is Fair. a mindset problem Fair. in tech as you know mm-hmm. the product marketing is king and the the engineer is actually the king and the product manager works with the engineer to get make the product better and better and better yeah now the, the tech product is very very textured so i go on the amazon website i can spend 5 hours on it discovering new things and uh, playing with it or you know watching mini tv on it but it it use of the product gets me bonded to the product Hmm. In FMCG, I use I bathe with a shampoo once a week, twice a week. I use it for five minutes. My bonding comes through communication. That's why it's integral there. In tech, my bonding comes with the product. So technically, a tech product does not need marketing in the traditional sense. Hmm. And I agree with Jeff Bezos there, where he hmm. says that if my product is great, why do I need marketing? Yeah. I think people who are doing it extremely well is Airbnb. Yeah, absolutely. I I I'm a big big fan of. I think Jonathan Mildenhall was the CMO yeah. for the longest time, and I I believe he's ex Coke, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and they had uh, they had Droka as the agency on record or uh, some, Droga five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it was uh, just some of the work that has been done, which is like you said. I'm going back to your answer. is that the product is in the middle so they they ensured that the product the tech is in the middle uh, but then added a very beautiful purposeful layer of belonging anywhere and so all of that so so i'm i'm a big big fan of airbnb yeah. you've heard about the airbnb snow white project the snow white project no i haven't yeah. seen so i'll i'll send you the link later so sure. uh, brian chesky the ceo yeah. ran this project maybe 3 to 5 years ago where he said that um he he said we we will be irrelevant if we don't step up and change our product and mm. our experience i think they got some consumer data sure. so they spoke to consumers they hired a pixar illustrator mm. to sit with them and to sketch out consumer journeys and consumer paper cuts they oh. put all of those pixar style illustrations in the middle of the office and they said these are the paper cuts we have to tackle so product marketing tech everything got together and started working through them and that's how the new airbnb product was born you know where where they have uh, at the top they have the slider with all kinds of stays then yeah. you click and you get customized stays it's yeah. a beautiful product absolutely right? they don't need marketing that's the marketing mm, that's the if marketing yeah. is attracting consumers and creating desire mm. that's marketing fine you do three campaigns a year you know mm. airbnb don't just visit belong etc yeah. it's great it gives you a nice sheen creates love but that's not the core of marketing mm. so for tech marketers it's more about nokri bacha bachi rahe and for fmcg marketers it's more about how can i just upskill myself and just get in touch with the rest of the world i think so i think so but you think there is an existential problem to marketing as a function in tech in consumer tech specifically the way it is designed right now yes in the fragmented fashion that it is there needs so to should, be one person who does everything yeah it should be more uh, considering that uh, is it an ownership issue or is it uh, is it is it just a structural issue it's a structure issue you clean okay. the the structure ownership comes okay So say something like an Airbnb structure in which they have a bunch of functions rolling up into marketing, which includes design and whatever else. And I'm sure a part of product marketing would also roll up into the CMO there. That's a more optimized way. Yeah. Okay. Whether it rolls up to the CMO or it rolls mm-hmm. up to the CBO or CPO, yeah. it doesn't matter. There needs okay. to be one guy or girl who's in charge. interesting so uh, so you rashi you also spend a lot of time in your in your avatar as performance and i want you to talk a little bit about that mandate that you've taken on in helping a lot of folks uh, from folks from who are from ideation to product looking at an mvp to folks who are kind of 3 years out in their ipos and they're looking to kind of get some more traction for their brand for uh, both consumer as well as financial purposes uh, so tell us about that mandate and uh, uh, after that i would want you to 
talk about uh, founders of today and how marketing uh, i'm sure there's a there's a gap in what they see marketing can do with the magic wand that the cmo comes in with and and how do you calibrate those expectations so tell us about that and and i'm sure those young founders are uh, 25 year olds uh, probably not been trained in marketing so so there's an expectation gap so so yeah. how do you manage some of those things yeah so so the performance idea is is sort of still under under works yeah. and uh, really the idea is about how to make marketing upskilling easy fast and simple for marketers of today yeah. um, you know today when you talk to i was talking to somebody and he said you know when i talk to my team and i say we need to um, do something for this brand it's declining they say let's make instagram reels so marketing has been reduced to performance marketing and it's been reduced to making social media content somehow the the craft and the science of marketing is getting lost because pedagogy has not moved managers are getting younger and probably they don't have time to coach so at the same time people don't have time to sit and study and learn uh, so so really the challenge is how does one create Two hours, three hours, or even shorter upskilling programs for marketers, without it being a pain. And so it it really is all about crunching the marketing knowledge into very very simple, practical mental models. Right. No, so I think it's all about mental. I didn't that word, but but you. Yeah. <laughs> I could see it on your face. You made कोई ये जागर नहीं use करना, but it 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 just slipped out. <laughs> because there wasn't a better word but yeah it it is about mental models about giving them so you know i i like to think about it and say if i were if you tell a 16 year old uh how to bake the science of baking yeah. or the science of cooking that you know if you put sugar in onions they caramelize or whatever what five six fundamental rules of quick cooking hmm then you're arming that person with the knowledge for the rest of his or her life and that person can then probably whenever he or she reads a recipe says ha isme ye chemistry ho rahi hai this is how i'm going to do it how can somebody create those basic mental models of marketing hmm. install them into someone's brain when they are starting hmm. even at 16 even at 18 because these are mental models then generalize across different subjects and yeah. in life Yeah. That's the goal of performance, mm-hmm. and I think it will take a long time to create mm-hmm. that content because yeah, to sure. create that content, I myself am unlearning mm-hmm. and learning how to talk about marketing. Yeah, I'm sure bunch has changed, but uh, yeah, the, the need for upskilling and and now it used to be that every few years you just go in and think about what you need to learn, and now it's every few months, uh, and because like 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 I keep saying that uh, in marketing there's always something that is dead. Uh, so so now web 3 and metaverse is dead and maybe ai will be dead next year and and so on and so forth right mm. uh, uh, tell me about those like uh, some marketing buzzwords like abhi ai chal raha hai so what's the marketing buzzword you feel like you want to banish it to the depths of hell so that it never comes back and you can't say mental models purpose purpose are <laughs> let's do purpose <laughs> yeah purpose wala campaign karte ha purpose wala campaign it has to be a 2 to 3 minute film yeah, why does it have to be a 2 to 3 minute film nobody knows nobody knows because storytelling can't be done like that no so yeah. takes time that's what, what the agencies say tell me what some purpose campaign or something that you saw uh, uh, that was some tmt sarya brand talking about like you uh-huh. getting the best out of yourself or like some some purpose driven stuff or or any other campaign that you recently saw which was like kisko approve nik kisne kiya like who was who had the guts to approve this and put this on air something that you, you know the, i didn't know is that i don't watch tv so <laughs> No, I'm, sure, I'm sure advertisers are getting to you on Spotify, on Instagram, or wherever else you spend your time on. Uh, Something that really disliked. You have to be very candid. You can't give a diplomatic answer. Because all is right. Nothing is coming to my mind. It will come to me. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Well, tell me comes. something you really liked recently. Like recent can be like even the past couple of years. Something that you felt wow. Indian international brand. Something in tech. Wow! I recently saw an Uber ad, Uber hmm. Auto, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, so the I forgot the story, but <laughs> I really liked it when I saw it. Wow. 
yeah uber has been putting out some good stuff right yeah. i think i think uber and uber considering that uh, like nobody wants the uber cmo's job right because everybody is the moment the moment every, anybody has a bad experience they'll go online and they'll they basically trash your brand so nobody wants that orm reputation management social media job and i don't know how do you manage equity scores when basically the only time folks interact with your brand is when they have a detracting experience so yeah. what do you think about those kind of brands which which are absolutely there, there's no winning from there there's no winning i mean i think you just need to set up a system to handle it and mm-hmm. I don't think uh, I I think the brand still stays net positive. Okay. Otherwise, see we continue to use Uber, we continue to berate it, but we mm-hmm. use it and and we'll probably give it decent scores as well on the brand. Uh, when we look at what they do. So I I think it's it's way more complex than than that. I mean, you know, when I was in Nestle, we were running the consumer engagement center and food also faces some sort of backlash in social media. I'm sure but we handled it immediately so so hmm. the trick with ORM is to handle it immediately hmm and politely gracefully and all those rules but it, it goes away it's like it's like you complaining to your mom and saying aaj khana acha nahi banaya tumhe yahi dal mili thi fir se so <laughs> i think it's a bit like that with brands hmm. and consumers complaining yeah that's a good that's Unless a really interesting analogy yeah uh, Tell me about this is a new I think blogger I'm sure you would have passed across his work this is a guy called Food Farmer I don't know if you mm-hmm. follow him so mm-hmm. I think that guy is like the public enemy number one in the FMCG world for some reason uh, and he's been putting out a lot of content on on sugar content and mango pulp in brands like Maza yeah. and stuff like that so uh, so since you brought up ORM uh, how do you deal with stuff like this like do you get this guy kidnapped or uh, what are the other ways of doing it <laughs> i think uh, what most companies do is that they ignore and uh, let's say if he's talking about a certain brand then the company needs to publish a a, a parallel statement giving the facts hmm. and leave it at that if you sue him you try and you know give an injunction you're just fueling the fire yeah. you just have to manage your how do you manage your reputation if somebody in your company talks trash about you yeah absolutely you speak to the people who matter and you say mm. hey these are the facts then you mm. leave it so i think one one of the fmcg majors did file a case against him and and they got that content removed it and backfired for him it, for them it, it would 100% backfire i don't know who approved that uh, legal, legal yeah. case against him uh, but i think it was maggie uh, which probably sent out a statement in saying that hey, we accept that uh, we can do a lot better on how our product ingredients are doing and stuff like that and i thought that was amazing right yeah. that that the brand with the heritage of uh, maggie like i'm sure it was them that saying that hey we've been a part of your life for the longest time and we continue to be but we'll keep evolving and and we we realize we could have done better and then we'll get back with a we'll get back with a plan on how we can be better yes uh, which i think is the right way of handling it right yes and you know which is this is the new age innovators dilemma for food and beverage right hmm. so consumers complain that your food has sugar or fat yeah but then you remove the sugar and consumers don't want it <laughs> because it right? tastes bad it tastes bad yeah i think i think it's like uh, for some generation maida was the enemy for some reason and so so maida enemy tha abhi sugar enemy hai and then will be there yeah. will be palm oil or something else and it yeah. just new and things it's not stopped us from eating gulab jamun it hasn't yeah it hasn't it's like uh, like the indian uh, the indian food habit is that when you eat a banana or a mango somebody in your house will complain isme bahut sugar hota hai but then that complaint will vanish off the table when you're having pancakes and waffles yeah. <laughs> so that's a, i think uh, I, I, and and i think that's the lovely part about doing marketing in india is because because we are we are emotional people and and we love our brands and and uh, and we want our brands to do better we want our brands to be better and uh, and we have very short attention spans and very short memories as well um do you have any crisis that you want to talk about that you kind of handled or your team something which came up and you thought you would have handled differently or uh, the team did handle it well i think uh, at nestle there were uh, many many crises because um mm. we were always sort of under scrutiny yeah i think the entire system and our ceo was really outstanding suresh narayan and he yeah. he really every mini crisis even if it's a tiny pin prick he used to lead it mm. himself so i really learned a lot at nestle mm. on how to handle orm and how to listen to the consumer and yet put your statement out so yeah 
that. Very cool. That was tremendous. Very cool. So I want to just change gears a little bit and ask you like some extremely practical advice for young marketers. The the first one being that uh, if I see a piece of creative or a campaign idea that is really really bad, <laughs> that is really really bad. Um, what's the right way to just make sure no hearts are broken? It depends on the relationship with the creative, hmm. right? So I think there are two ways to do it. If you have a really strong relationship with them and they're friends and you've gone out for drinks together, it's okay in the meeting to say, "Were you having an off day?" <laughs> and, Have uh, you ever you said know, that? Oh yeah, I'm very direct. So yeah. you know. But then I think that there have been those relationships there. Uh, yeah. I've worked. But if you don't have if, it, if you don't have it, then in the meeting, uh, give the the formal explanation. Hmm. You know, we think this will not work for our brand because hmm. blah, our consumer will not like it. Uh, you know, I don't think there. I, I think it's a great piece, but comprehension will be an issue. So these mm. are the kind of things. And if there is political pressure in the room, let's say your manager likes it, yeah. and you think it's a piece of crap, mm. put it in test. And <laughs> in a lot of large matrixed organizations, mm. research is the battleground. There yeah. is one concept taken from every person, and yeah. all five are tested. And then you see, you make sure the research is done well. Tell me a campaign which was like out against your will. Like you really tried hard. Because in any way, research may fail, but it still made the cut. <laughs> so in Unilever, I was yeah. on Lux Personal Wash. Yeah. I was in the I was regional manager for Asia, hmm. and uh, there was a, a team, uh, a new global team, hmm. and it was a new way of working where the global team will make communication for all the world. Yeah. And Asia and India is so big, but I don't know. They made the film. This is never a good idea for any brand, and all it brand was, brand blunders yeah. start with this story. <laughs> Absolutely, that you need to homogenize every market. It yeah. starts from there. It it works in a lot of ways. It does. So mm. this was a <laughs> this was a woman who's flying because sari countries be fit karni hai, but mm. ek film banani hai. Mm. So a woman in a hot air balloon. Flies oh, no. all over the world. She's a Lux woman. She's beautiful, and Janta hmm. in every country is looking up at her and celebrating her. And in that Janta, you see the local women, and uh, <laughs> it was yeah. absolutely the worst piece of strategy and ad I have seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, I've not seen it thankfully, but it sounds really bad. Yeah, <laughs> you really haven't bad. seen it because it died very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It, and and I'm sure you would have had a hand in ensuring that death. Was swift. No, no. Uh, we are all tiny cogs. वो टाइम पे जब आप नहीं इन्फ्लुएंस कर पाए. हाँ, उस पे नहीं कर पाए. But uh, tell me about uh, some agency, right? मतलब uh, that that maybe they were pitching to you and you just felt that मतलब uh, midway you just lost it and you like that that if I could use uh, my choices vocabulary on it, I would do it right now. Tell me any. You can mask the name of the agency. You can mask the name of the brand that you are working on. But I'm sure there would have been one ear splitting, the nails on a chalkboard kind yeah. of an experience with an agency. It happened twice actually. Oh. <laughs> it happened, but really, I think both times when I now think about it, it's uh, laziness and lies. Hmm. So you know, one agency uh, brought a script hmm. that was completely not on brief. It, I mean, hmm. it was so bizarre. Uh, it was as if they wrote it there and narrated it. Hmm. It was really bad, and uh, yeah, so there was there I'm was sure a huge blowback from my side. I'm so, sure yeah. you didn't say that. Are you having an off day? I'm sure you said something else. No, I I said much worse. <laughs> I said it? much worse. <laughs> I can't say it here. Okay, अभी explicit flag नहीं है तो तो we'll 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 be okay. Cool. So, uh, I, I I want to get another. I think uh, I really wanted to talk about uh, on performance, and I keep reading about a lot of the content that you put out there. Uh, a, like I said, it's a great way of just giving some of those capsules back to the community. Uh, I want to talk about the influencer marketing one, right? Because, like I said, there's there's a lot of hogwash which kind of gets paraded as influencer marketing, and and I see that they are brands who have really figured it out. and uh, they are brands who are trying to figure it out but are losing a lot of money but then uh, there's a third kind of brands who are st- still thinking and kind of turning up at conferences and saying that influencer marketing is the future no it was the past <laughs> uh, so 
so tell me what how, how are you thinking about it right uh, what do you think and what have been good and bad experiences uh, with influencers i don't have I, i don't think we've had very bad experiences with influencers but um I think there are two ways to use influencers but let's go back to first principles right what is yeah. influencer marketing in a day and age where all of us are consuming social media there are some people whose content we want to consume more because it resonates in some way either it entertains us or it educates us or we just like to watch it we hmm. don't know why yeah hmm. those people become influencers <clears throat> Right, it's self-selection. You don't skip; you watch. Hmm. That person becomes an influencer. He or she acquires currency. Now, marketers can approach it in two ways. One is systematically. Every campaign, I will do so many influencers. I will give them so much control. So much control, I will keep with myself. This is how will I will engineer the campaign. I will develop some metric to measure how it works for my brand equity or for my. sales you know in a digital brand it's easy to measure attribution in sales right so it's a systematic approach which is where i was saying it's getting fragmented so some brand managers may say mai tv karunga facebook karunga influencer karunga the other way to do it is to um partner with them hmm. and pick the best influencers or to pick 1000 influencers and give them a mission vision so like in lakme we used to meet our beauty advisors they were influencers right they mm. were offline influencers who taught women how to do makeup so yeah. you do influencer meets you teach them you work with them you share your vision with them make them your mm. partners the third way is you be tactical and opportunistic right and 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 that's where the marketer has to be really really smart so i'll tell mm. you how we used it opportunistically on mm. a food brand that was handling for nestle during the during covid youtube recipes started soaring especially the second covid in 21 and uh, home chefs channels started seeing a billion views a month and youtube came and told us this billion views only in india mind you repeat right so we said ye to karna within 2 3 weeks maybe less we put an ad on these uh, influencer channels of maggi short maybe we did 6 seconds i don't remember and we spoke to all of them through youtube and said cook maggi that was it low effort high opportunity we became the most watched brand in asia for that month and it became a case study for google in apac wow so see the tools are there now influencer mm. is a trend one has to get into it and play mm. with it yeah and then see what model works mm. Absolutely, I think that's a very valuable way of and, and good example there. I think during the pandemic, a lot of careers in influencer marketing were made, and um, I'm sure a lot of them have also been sustained. Uh, I've heard a lot of folks talk about uh, what is called source credibility and message credibility in influencer marketing, where source credibility, of course, uh, is is this person the right person to take this message? And the second would be message credibility: is this the right message to come from this person? So while uh, like as a friend, I might tell you that hey, this is the best biryani place that I've found, but if I talk about say uh, maybe fitness for example then somebody will be like okay probably i i would take advice from somebody who's way more fit um, but but i i think the industry is going to take a lot of time to figure out what's the right way of ensuring that there are no leakages uh, influencers and content creators are paid in time they have the right opportunities to be serviced uh, and and putting the consumer at the center of it that the, the, the customer feels that uh, that i'm getting content which i signed up for which is entertaining informing educating inspiring whatever else but but it's also introducing me to new brands so that's the value that i'm getting rather than this being an annoyance between five posts of the uh, influencer that i'm uh, that is content that i'm used to watching with one brand post which i just ignore so, so i think i think the brands uh, brands would have to find a way which is which kind of coexists uh, in that stream of content yes hmm. absolutely hmm. So uh wrapping up I want to talk about I think one thing and uh just uh, one very interesting thing uh, uh, you went for the Sloan Fellows program at a certain point in your career uh a lot of folks who would be listening to this uh, would be people who have been now working for a decade or so uh, who feel that while they've been learning uh, uh, a lot of folks are looking for a, a certain pivot 
or a certain recalibration to what they want, uh, what they're looking ahead and how the road looks ahead uh, henceforth. Uh, so tell me at that point in time, uh, out of uh, B-School, say 10 odd years out of B-School, what were you thinking? What was that experience like? And, and how would you suggest people, uh, like, is, is that the experience which they could seek out or are there other ways in which also they could reach this similar kind of an objective? Hmm. So, um, as you know, it, to get ahead in our careers, we have to have an MBA. Good or bad, I mean, this is how corporate has been designed. And we can do a whole other podcast on just academics, but MBA is needed. Now, when and why should you go in for a second MBA? Okay. If you genuinely want to learn and expand your horizons, and that's where why I went, because I always felt that I had missed out because I had not studied abroad. And when I was growing up, when I was younger, it wasn't even in my consideration set that I can do my first MBA abroad. Wo perspective, nahi tha, you know, like I told you. You were I, an orphaned kid in South Delhi asking people to buy more to stuff. Sell, right? Yeah, to buy, buy stuff. You so didn't I, have the privilege of going abroad properly. Yeah, I had a very narrow perspective. So wo tab nahi kya, it kind of kept, you know, troubling me. So for me, that was the big reason why I did it. I really, really wanted to learn and study abroad and experience it. But for others who may not have this as their main motivation, um, there are two, three other reasons why you could think about taking a career break. The first is if you really believe you need uh, to um, learn a new subject, or you need, you feel you need to round off your personality. This is the best investment you can make in yourself. So, like I was telling people, you buy a house for yourself, you buy a car, but we don't invest substantial sums of money into ourselves. We are our biggest asset, right? So, do a course where you think it will improve you and grow you. Increasingly, I think these courses need to be vocational. I would not recommend a second MBA, but do a course that teaches you a skill public speaking, OI, uh, sorry, AI, coding, learn something you can do with your hands. Mm, <laughs> right? interesting. Uh, the sec so I would not do an MBA again, if you hmm. ask me. Hmm. The second reason to do it is to network and to build your contacts with a global community to an end of starting your own business or starting a job abroad. If you want to change your context and pivot your life, Right? Ki mujhe UK mein hi karni hai. Then do it. Or I want to start a business in AI and US is the best place to do that. So I will go and study there, create contacts and build a business. Yeah. That kind of stuff is why you, sh you should do MBA. But if not, uh, if, if that, that option is not available to folks or the opportunity cost is way too high, then you suggest uh, finding out vocational and more targeted intentional programs which help you in AI, in speaking, in comms, or probably the stuff that you are looking to now put out to the marketing community, probably stuff like yes. that, which helps you upskill as a marketer. Yes. And the advice I would give to people even before they go in for a vocational course is to decide what are you all about? So we do a lot of thinking on our brand. My brand is here today. This is my vision for the brand. This is how I'll bridge the gap. Let's do it for ourselves. Absolutely. What are my moats and my strengths? Where do I want to be? And therefore, this course will mm. bridge the gap for me or this company will bridge the gap for me. So mm. let's get more active and conscious about the brands we are building for ourselves. Absolutely. I think that's very useful advice. And, and, and if, if as marketers, we're not able to market ourselves because at the end of the day, we are products. We are products in the market and, and just going to the highest bidder who could probably rent our time and which kind of works. But uh, yes. uh, I think that's a fantastic way of looking at it. Uh, so we'll wrap up with that. Thank you so much, Rashi, for your time. Uh, just going through your entire journey, thinking, uh, talking about how you think about how marketing has kind of changed, uh, your experiences with agencies, some good, some not so good ones. Uh, absolutely thrilled to have you here and uh, thank you for being unconstrained and thank you for coming on the show thank you for having me i enjoyed it oh, thank you rashi